When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Tuesday, August 15th. I feel like I haven't done a Lakers show in about two weeks. Probably because I haven't done a Lakers show in about two weeks. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Um, got a few topics I'm going to hit on that are NBA-related. Got a few topics I'm going to hit on that are obviously Laker-related. I thought it was interesting. Uh, they started kind of leaking out a little bit of the schedule, so we'll talk about that. Uh, what the Lakers, who they're going to start the season with, what they got on Christmas. Kevin Garnett thinks Anthony Davis is primed for an MVP year in the next two years. Um, really actually interested to hear what Laker fans think about that. And I appreciate somebody coming to the defense of KG because I think a lot of former players um, ha- or coming to the defense I think a lot of former players have certainly spent a lot of time um, more critic, uh, critic, criticizing or being critical about him. So we'll get into all that. I got the uh, the sound on that. Darvin Ham says the Lakers may have the depth to win an actual championship. He really, really likes the position that the Lakers are in. Not that I, I'd expect him to say anything uh, differently, but I think there's some uh, some truth to it. NBA in-season tournament. The schedule came out today for the Los Angeles Lakers, and I feel like everybody is opposed to this in-season tournament. I might be the lone one on my own kind of saying, can we give this thing a try? So I'll spend a little time on that as well. Um, last thing, uh, also, Pau Gasol inducted into the Hall of Fame on Saturday. He had some uh, really moving stuff to say about Kobe um, and just the influence that he had on his career. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll reflect a little bit on Pau Gasol and the special night that he had on Saturday. Um so we got some leaks to the uh, schedule. This is always kind of a funny time of the year because once you get past NBA free agency, now you kind of start looking at, all right, well, the first two weeks of July, you had the NBA draft before that, any trades that are going down. Uh, it's actually one of the busier times of the NBA season just because, I mean, NBA offseason, but really one of the more busy times in the entire calendar year when it comes to the NBA. And then you kind of start hitting a lull. Some of these guys, you know, they're active. They're going up doing the podcast. You got the FIBA USA stuff going on right now as well. But it's not exactly the time of the year where a lot of stuff is going on. And this is a fun time when they kind of slowly start trickling out the schedule. Um, We do know that the Lakers, they're going to play the champs on um, opening night. That's going to be against the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic and KCP and um, Michael Porter Jr. All these guys are going to be getting their championship ring. And the Lakers are going to have to sit there and watch the Denver Nuggets 
um, get their championship ring. Well-deserved. This is taking nothing away from the Denver Nuggets, but that's how the Lakers are going to start the season is against Denver. I'm actually... I think that's a great matchup. I'm excited that that is the matchup. These are the two teams that were in the Western Conference Finals. You got a, you got so many good teams in the West that coming up with matchups. If the Lakers started against the Warriors, cool. Nobody would be complaining. If they start against KD and the Phoenix Suns, cool. Nobody would be complaining. If it was Luka and the Dallas Mavericks, nobody, nobody would be complaining. The Clippers... Uh, but I think this is the right one that the Lakers uh, start with Denver. A couple days later, they're going to open up at Crypto, and they're going to take on the Phoenix Suns. It's kind of a crazy stat here. I'm glad they're playing the Phoenix Suns early. Um, first matchup of LeBron versus KD since 2018. That's how long it's been that those two have been on the court together uh, going up against each other for whatever reason, circumstances. Um, you know, predominantly injuries and stuff along those lines are just kind of bad timing. But uh, that's who the Lakers will open up against at Crypto. So you got Denver, then you got the Phoenix Suns. A couple other dates just to keep in mind. November 1st, Lakers will take take on the Clippers. And then the Christmas game is the Lakers and the Boston Celtics at Crypto.com Arena. So uh, Lakers and the Celtics, two teams expected to go, uh, definitely expected to go far in the uh, Western Conference, or I'm sorry, in the in both of their respective conferences. The Boston Celtics, um, certainly a team to reckon with in the East. They were a part of the Final Four last year. They were a part of the NBA Finals a year a, a year ago. The Lakers, obviously, part of the Final Four in this uh, past playoff uh, uh, push that they were a part of. So the Lakers and the Celtics, their tradition. Um, one of the uh, uh, coolest rivalries in all the sports. I know it's not exactly the same. I know it's not the 80s Lakers and it's McHale and it's you know Larry Bird and Magic and Kareem. I know it's not that, but that's okay. It's the best that you can do in today's world. Rivalries are a lot different than it was probably back in the days and Lakers and the Celtics on Christmas Day. So uh, part of that schedule was released. Um a little bit later in the show, I don't think it's as big of a deal, so I'll, I'll wait on it. But a little bit later in the show, the in-season tournament, the Lakers are part of – what are the group are they? I think they're Group D, Group 4, something along those lines. That schedule was released as well, and we'll, we'll spend a little time talking about just the in-season tournament. Man, a lot of people don't like the tournament. A lot of people uh, are not uh, fans of what the NBA has in mind. I, for me personally – I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I think, you know, I, I'm I'm a fan of the NBA trying something different. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. We'll have to wait and see. Um, last time I want to say I did my show was right after Anthony Davis got his extension. And we spent some time on that. And I know there was a little bit of lead up to AD and it was, you know, what, should the Lakers really do this? Think about this specific player, how many games that he's played over the course of his career with the Los Angeles Lakers, how much of a risk is it going to be if you sign Anthony Davis to a long-term deal? I was not one of those players that, or I'm sorry, I was not one of those. Um, I wasn't just one of the one of the critics out there saying you shouldn't sign Anthony Davis and you shouldn't give him an extension. Um, we all know what happened. AD signed extension. Basically, uh, it looks like he's going to be a Laker for the next five years. He's going to make over $250 million, and the Lakers certainly have a lot of eggs in the Anthony Davis business, a lot of stock in the Anthony Davis business, and on top of that, he's 30 years old, um, and he's going to be obviously a critical, critical piece of what the Lakers do in the future. 
Kevin Garnett was on a podcast with Paul Pierce. I want to play this sound for you guys because there have been so many different former players that I feel like have gone after Anthony Davis. Um, some of it warranted, I think, but a lot of it, I know I've kind of gone out of my way to defend AD in some circumstances. A lot of cheap shots have gone thrown out at, at Anthony Davis, so... Um, and it could be anybody. I mean, think about the inside the NBA, the TNT crew. I think we'd all agree. The best NBA show out there, period. One of the best pre- and post-game shows that exist in all of sports. They're amazing. It's Charles, it's Shaq, it's Ernie, it's Kenny. Um, but, I mean, how many different quotes have we got from these guys that are laughing at Anthony Davis? Even if the guy gets injured, they're uh, they're making fun of it. Um it's refreshing to hear a former player really, really compliment and talk about how good Anthony Davis's game is and the fact that it's coming from somebody else who played power forward, is one of the greatest to ever do it at his position, um, and I'm talking about Kevin Garnett. Take a listen to this, and Laura, if we have it, I, I would like to play this here real quick. Um, this is Kevin Garnett, who is – they do uh, uh, an episode – full episode of Ticket and the Truth. It's on YouTube, and it's a show that they do on Showtime Basketball. And take a listen to KG talking about what he expects from Anthony Davis over the next two years. I'm expecting Anthony Davis to be MVP in these next two years or something. Real shit. It's time, bro. It's time. You can't let Joker come in the league and surpass. Nah, nah, That's nah. Tough. Anthony Davis can do everything they can do. Anthony Davis can do Everything Joker can do. He can do everything Embiid can do. The f*** are you talking about, dog? I'm expecting him to be MVP, if not this year, definitely next year. Straight up. And he's going to have to take the reins of, yeah, I'm the best player that mean, in the league. That, 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 that means they're going to have to be one of the top teams. I'm not even sure they're going to be one of the top teams. I think for him to be in MVP conversation. His players first. Okay, that, that's Casey right there. Man, the way the dude played the game... That energy that he played is the same way when he has a mic as a as an analyst or a podcast or however you want to look at it. But it was refreshing to me for a couple of reasons. By the way, I don't agree with what he's saying, but I'll get into the context of what he's saying a little bit later or just as, as we get into this. Um, it's refreshing for me to hear somebody go to bat for Anthony Davis the way he did. And I did say how critical people have been, but... Um, the fact that KG is going that far out of his way and he's saying, and if there's anybody that knows that position, KG seriously or uh, definitely has a, a good uh, idea of what it is to be a great NBA basketball player. He's saying, I see what Jokic does. There's nothing he does that Anthony Davis can't do. I've watched Joel Embiid. There's nothing Embiid can do that Anthony Davis can, uh, can't do. There's nothing that Giannis can do that Anthony Davis can't do. The fact that he's saying that today is a little bit different than the narrative over these last couple of years. I want to take you guys back um, after the Lakers won the NBA champ. Lakers won the championship 2020 Orlando bubble. And uh, once they win the chip, ESPN comes out with their player rankings. They're ranking all the players in the NBA. Number one on that list, LeBron James. Number two on that list, Anthony Davis. And, 
you know, obviously since that moment, things have not gone the way Anthony Davis, the way Laker fans, the way I'm sure the front office was hoping for. T- think about um, that year that the Lakers won the championship. He won 62 or he played 62 games. Next year, he played 36 of 72. NBA played 10 less games, so he played 50% of the games. Following year, he played 40 of 82. This year was actually, the games were up. It was closer. It was 56, and that's as close as he's been, or it's one of the higher uh, amount of games that he's played since he's been a Los Angeles Laker. Um, If you look at what Anthony Davis just from – the expectations of what that conversation was a couple years ago to what those conversations are today, I actually look at what Kevin Garnett is saying, and I'm comparing what KG is saying. I was saying the same thing two years ago. Now, I don't think that conversation for me is the same as it was a couple. I, I almost feel like KG is two years late in this conversation about Anthony Davis is as good of these as good as any of these other players. Anthony Davis should be in the running for MVP. Um, I love what KG is saying. I just don't agree with it. I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think I've had enough of a sample size to see Anthony Davis. There's going to be a new limit. Is a new limit to start this year? I think it does. Where you got to play 65 games just to be in the running for MVP. Well, right out of the gate. If we just take the 65-game threshold, AD has not played 65 games or more since 2017-2018. He had two seasons in a row when he was with the Pelicans, age 23 and 24, where he played 75 games. Since then, it's 56, 62, 36, 40, 56. But let let's do this. Let's not even let's not even take the games into consideration. Let's just pretend AD plays 65, which I think everybody. If you told me today you could sign up for 60 to 65 games for Anthony Davis this upcoming season, I, I'm pretty sure every Laker fan is saying, "Where do I sign? Let's get that in the books." And they'll take their chances with what happens with AD playing 60, 65 games, and then hopefully, you know, obviously a healthy playoff run. But let's take the games, let's put it to the side for a quick second, and let's just talk merely about what Anthony Davis does on a night-in, night-out basis. It's not that AD doesn't give you numbers. He gives you numbers. AD's given the Lakers 26 points a game. He's given the Lakers 12.5 rebounds a game. He's given them two block shots a game. The numbers are there. The other players that we were just talking about, Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's just a different level. And I, and I believe that there are different levels to the game. And the conversations of Anthony Davis, is he in that class? One day he's in that class, the next day he's not. And I think that's the biggest difference between some of these guys out there. I think it's what made, it's what made, it's what has um, made LeBron James so great is that it's consistent that every single night you know what you're going to get from Anthony Davis. Now, oh, I'm sorry, that you're going to get from LeBron James. AD, just as an example, AD could have nights. I hated this during the playoffs, but it was it's just kind of a weird nervous. Like, remember the odd games he'd play well, the even games he wouldn't? Well, I wasn't even paying attention to that. It was the fact that one game he was dropping 35 and 15, and he was shooting 11 free throws, and he was taking 19 shots. The next game, he was 17 points, 11 rebounds, took three free throws, and took nine shots total. They're just so drastic. 
and that because it was so drastic, it might average out to the 26 and 12 and a half, but you can't for X amount of games look like Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis, and then other games look like a top 40 player in the NBA. And that to me, what, what if you just pretend like AD is playing all the games, that to me was the biggest difference between AD and some of those other guys. Um, Travis actually said it best this morning. The peaks are there. The the best of the best games are there. But the fact that he has so many games that are not at that level, um, I think that makes the difference between somebody that you're looking at and saying, hey, that's MVP quality because it's their, their uh, night in and night out. And that's somebody that you can't really put in that conversation. And that's how I look at Anthony Davis. I hope KG's right. But I think it's, it's kind of funny when I say this because – I think Laker fans know exactly what I'm talking about. I think for two years we've been making the argument of what KG is saying right here. But the reality is over those two years, I feel like that that conversation for me is over. Now, there's another side to this that I think is just as important. AD has to be special, but AD doesn't have to be an MVP for the Lakers to go make a real championship run. I'll tell you what I mean about that when we come back. If you got some thoughts on this topic specifically, maybe you agree with Kevin Garnett, or do you kind of lean a little bit more uh, me on on, on the side of, I got a lot more cautiousness when it comes to having AD in a conversation about MVP. You guys can feel free to call uh, 877-710-ESPN. We come back, we'll continue to talk about Anthony Davis, and I'll spend a little time as well. There was uh, Darvin Ham. Um, did a did an interview with ESPN. He had some uh, really positive, interesting quotes about the Lakers' future and what he likes about the team and why he thinks they're in championship contention. So we'll do all that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're a month and a half out from uh, preseason basketball starting. We're not that far away. You're kind of starting to see all the stuff right now. You got fantasy football going on everywhere. Preseason football has started. So we're getting towards that uh, time of the year that uh, my favorite time of the year. It gets incredibly exciting around sports and you know obviously we're getting a little bit closer to NBA basketball spending some time talking about some of the comments that Kevin Garnett had on Anthony Davis 
Uh, I, I love, I really do like that a former player is sticking up for Anthony Davis. That's not something we've seen a lot over these last couple of years. Basically, in a nutshell, what KG said on one of his podcasts that he does with Showtime uh, says Anthony Davis can do everything that Jokic can do, can ev- do everything that Embiid can do. I'm expecting him to be an MVP, if not this year, definitely next year. Love the expectations. I love the high praise. I love how much KG, what he considers, uh, you know, what the the ceiling is for Anthony Davis. I feel like a lot of Laker fans have distanced themselves from that conversation over the last couple of years because of what we've seen over the last couple of years. Listen, this past year, he was great. He really was. Um, got injured against the Denver Nuggets. I think he missed five weeks. And once he missed those five weeks, it's like, all right, this is probably a wrap again. Lakers aren't going to do anything. This was before the trade deadline. And then all of a sudden, he got healthy. Lakers make their moves at the trade deadline. And a couple months later, they're four games away from making the NBA Finals. We know what ends up happening. The Denver Nuggets... Uh, have just an incredible run. They were the best team in the NBA, and it wasn't even close. Jokic was the best player, and it wasn't even close. But he's uh, still proud of the the run that the Lakers made, and Anthony Davis was there every step of the way um, from the moment that he got back from that injury against the Denver Nuggets. Missed a couple games here and there. I think he was on some type of medical restriction when it came to back-to-backs, but for the most part, AD was there. Um, I don't really care about the MVP conversation anymore, I think you can make an argument that, hey, you know what? You should care about the MVP conversation because if AD is in the MVP conversation, then the Lakers probably have an incredible chance to not just make a deep playoff run but to win an NBA championship. The one thing I will say that's a little bit different with the Lakers today, the way they're constructed versus um, maybe the last couple of years, they're coming into a season with a lot of the same names, When's the last time the Lakers, aside from LeBron James and Anthony Davis, have brought back players where you're like, okay, hey, there's six, seven, eight players that was on last year's roster? It's been a minute. And I think they also got guys, and this is why I, I think I lean more towards not caring as much about the, the, the AD portion of AD competing for an MVP don't get me wrong. I know how critical it would be and how, how important Anthony Davis is going to be this upcoming year. But I think part of the reason why I say to myself, okay, well, the thought process of who AD is and what he brings to a table on a on a night-in, night-out basis, I think there's going to be a little bit of less pressure on Anthony Davis because there's a team where you actually have a little bit of an idea of you know what they're going to bring to the table. I think Austin Reeves is only going to be better, and the fact that Austin Reeves now has a playoff run under his belt, that's going to be helpful to Austin Reeves and the Lakers. Rui Hachimura finally feels like he has a home where he's with an organization that uh, embraces his skill set. It gives him incredible opportunity, incredible confidence. Um, D'Angelo Russell, whether you're crazy about his game or not, what is he, the fourth, fifth best player on this team? And I, I think there's also a lot that comes with that, that the fact that he's not asked to be a, the second or third best player on the squad. So they actually have players that um, we've got a chance to see. We've got a chance to see some of their strengths. Uh, we certainly, certainly understand what they can bring to the table. And I don't think it's all going to be on AD's back. So, yes, Anthony Davis, as important as they come – as critical as they come, yes, they need a big season from AD, but I also think at the same time, you could look at Anthony Davis 
I'm not going to be one that's holding my breath trying to, you know, hope and pray that Anthony Davis is an MVP this upcoming year. I tried that a couple years ago. I've been 0 for how many years he's been a Laker? I'm 0 for 3. Don't count that year of the championship. Braun was still in his, you know, absolute prime. But um, it has not been AD. If it happens, great, but I'm not holding my breath expecting it to happen. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's going to be about how the team plays together. And we already know Anthony Davis is going to be a critical piece when it comes to that. One thing I will say, you know, Michael Thompson always remind me this during the Lakers season, doing pregame show with him. He always say that AD doesn't get enough credit on the defensive side of the ball, that everybody just wants to look at his stats offensively and they want to look at okay well how many points did AD have how many of this how many of that Michael would always say well why aren't we doing the same thing to Jokic why aren't we doing the same thing to some of these other players out there that are offensive oriented first but then lack a skill set on the defensive side at least AD every single night he steps on the floor 95% of the time he's the best defender on the floor and that's any given night Michael's not wrong in that. I think there's just a lot of times you look at AD's inconsistency on offenses where it would throw people off. Why such extremes of unbelievable numbers and then at times numbers that you know weren't nearly uh, weren't nearly as good. Okay, uh, phone number is eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Uh, Darvin Ham says the Lakers finally have the depth to win a chip. Had a lot of things to say about the Lakers' construction, their roster. This is an article that was on uh, ESPN. A couple good, good quotes I want to take out of that. Uh, So we'll do that coming up next. And I also want to talk about this NBA season tournament, in-season tournament. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Spent a lot of time talking about Anthony Davis and the KG quotes that he had on uh, AD and his potential this upcoming year. If you're out driving around, listen on the podcast, uh, listening on the ESPN LA app, you can feel free to call in if there's any uh, Laker topics, conversations that you want to be a part of, uh, 877-710-ESPN. Um, there was an article that came out, uh, might have been earlier today, might have been yesterday, Um it was I'm gonna read the title of this because it was on ESPN. Lakers finally have NBA championship depth, says Darvin Ham. So there were some quotes here that was interesting. We all know what the Lakers did in the offseason. Um Lakers seemed to get I remember I'm I'm trying to think of the last couple offseasons. Last year, when the Lakers went out, let's go two years ago, when they signed Russell traded for Russell Westbrook. There was a lot of hesitation. There were some people that, no, 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 this is going to work because it's you just got to get the talent, LeBron, AD, and, and Russell Westbrook. But there were some mixed feelings of, guys, I don't know if this is going to actually fit and work together. My thought process, I've said this all along, um, I thought it was going to be all right. I thought, you know what? No, Russell Westbrook working with LeBron James. There's going to be times LeBron is getting a little bit older. Russ can be more of a facilitator, do all that stuff. Obviously didn't work. Last offseason, 
when the Lakers went out and was that two off seasons ago? Lakers went out and they made all the moves. If you guys remember, maybe that was two years ago. They went and got Carmelo Anthony. They went and had Dwight Howard. There are a lot of critics that said this team's way too old. It ended up playing out that way. This year, I think the sentiment was it, it wasn't as it wasn't as divisive. It wasn't as you have a group here that's super loud saying, what the hell are the Lakers doing? And a group here that's saying, man, this team is going to be great. I felt like it was a pretty much across the board. Everybody said, pretty good offseason for the Lakers. Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, you brought back all these guys. Jared Vanderbilt, um, he's going to be, you know, obviously a, a piece of this year as well, coming in that trade last year. Gabe Vincent. Who else they got? Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince. All right, you know what? Lakers got something to work with here. Even though really all they did was bring back a lot of their same players, um, I think a lot of people liked what they did. I'm going to read a couple quotes here from Darvin Ham in this ESPN article because there were some things that I think stood out to me that does say a lot of what we can expect this year. And I really don't believe Darvin Ham is just saying this to say, look, no coach is going to go out there and say, you know, I, I don't think we have a chance to go win an NBA championship. Nobody's going to say that. Atlanta coach ain't going to see that, say that. Orlando coach isn't going to go say it. Everybody's going to sound super optimistic before the season starts because they're trying to sell themselves on it or, or that's it's what they believe. I believe what Darvin Ham is saying in some of these quotes. I'll read some of them right here. He says, "As or he says, a coach I worked for always used to say, the most together team will win. He says, I think the togetherness, and obviously you need to execute, have a team full of guys who are willing to sacrifice their personal goals, their personal agendas, to align themselves with what the team goal is, and that's to win a championship. He says a lot of luck comes into it. Of course, you have to be healthy, but... One of the key, I'll read one more quote too. One of the key quotes that I take out of what he just said was, do you have a roster that's willing to play for each other? Do I have a, do I have a, um, a number of players, and we've seen this with all sports teams, and we've seen it over the years, Laker players, Laker teams. Do you have a personal agenda? And if you have a personal agenda, that's okay. We all have personal agendas. We all work for a company where they want us to pull the rope in the same direction. But you also got your own goals. You have your own personal agenda. You're worried about your own family. You're putting putting food on your table, maybe getting a promotion, whatever the case is. And the balance is, can your personal agenda not get away from what the team goal is? Because if all of a sudden you got five or six guys that have personal agenda personal agendas, and that's the top of their priority list, you're not going to have a very good team. But if you got five or six guys, I know there's 12 guys, 15 guys on a roster, but if you got a bunch of guys that are saying, okay, yeah, I, I have personal agenda. However, um, the team goal is more important than the personal goal, and if I succeed at the team goal, then whatever I'm looking to try to get from a personal perspective, that will be accomplished as well, but that's not going to be right in front of me. It's going to be the team that I'm worried about first. Everything else will take care of itself. Does it sound like when I go through some of these players that are on this Lakers roster you tell me if you think there's a lot of personal agendas on this Lakers team. Do you think Austin Reeves has a personal agenda? Do you think Anthony Davis has a personal agenda? LeBron James, Rui Hachimura, Gabe Vincent. Um, 
listen, are there guys that I'm sure D'Angelo Russell, who's on a two-year deal and has a, a player option in his second year, I'm sure D'Angelo Russell wants to go make – I'm sure he wants to have a great year and go get a long-term deal next year. He gets a four-year deal somewhere, and he's making $25 million a year. I'm sure that's a personal agenda or a personal goal for D'Angelo Russell. But I'm not worried about D'Angelo Russell worried more about himself than the team. And the reason why I give all these examples because what I took away from what Darvin Ham was saying and the reason why I believe in what he's saying – I think he does have a team that there is togetherness, that they are separating um, their – they are sacrificing for the better of the team over their personal goals or their personal agendas. Um, I think there is is at least a foundation, especially from Darvin Ham as well. I mean, we we got a chance. We got one year with Darvin Ham last year. You might disagree. Hey, you know what, Darvin Ham, why is he playing this guy so many minutes? Why is he playing that guy so many minutes? Why is this happening? Or what are you doing with that lineup? We can all, we're all going to question every single coach in every sport. And we all think that we're our own general managers and head coaches. We can always have those complaints and everything else. But ultimately, nobody complained that Darvin Ham's got his guys working for each other. And now that you have a team where you feel like, all right, they all got together towards the end of the season, barely played a handful of games, didn't even all play a quarter of the season together before they got into the playoffs and got that far. Well, what happens when all these guys come back, the taste in their mouth that they got swept by the Denver Nuggets, the taste in their mouth that you got legends on your team. LeBron is one of the greatest to ever do it. And you know he's got one agenda in his mind. How the hell do I get another NBA championship before I, you know, call it a career? Um, there is uh, certainly, I think, there's some type of a a unique bond that is with a bunch of players that we're familiar with, and guys stepping in that came from somewhere else, where there's a little bit of all right, I gotta. If I don't buy into the system, I might not be here next year. Or if I don't use this Laker platform to deliver, I might not get another contract next year. Or in Gabe Vincent's case, I just got to the NBA Finals. I was playing for a Miami Heat team where you didn't have to explain to me the culture. I've heard Gabe Vincent say this, that the Heat culture, which everybody kind of um, talks about and compliments, that the Heat culture, it fit him. That was his personality. That's how he kind of got to where he was since he was undrafted. So part of the quotes that I think, you know, you take from Darvin Ham, um, I don't think he's just saying it to say it. I believe it. And I think Darvin Ham going into, he said, obviously in the middle of all that, the talent, but at the end of the day is a team sport and a team that's most together, selflessly putting themselves on the line for the greater good of the team. Those are usually the teams that come out on top. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that with the Lakers. I think what we're going to have to worry about with the Lakers is there's a lot of really, really good teams in the Western Conference. The Phoenix Suns are going to be a really good team. The Denver Nuggets are the defending champs, and they'll be the favorites to come out of the West again. The Golden State Warriors, look, whether you like their roster moves or not, they got championship pedigree all over them. I'm sure they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. Memphis, I think, is going to be a lot better with Marcus Smart on that team. And eventually, John Morant will come back. The Clippers, if they're healthy, who knows what Luka can do? I, I'm just, you know, naming off teams. The Oklahoma City Thunder, up and coming. 
I don't think the Lakers are going to have issues with, is this team, are they listening to Darvin Ham? Are they pulling the rope in the same direction? Do they care for one another? Are they putting their personal agendas to the side? I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think the issue with the Lakers, it's going to be the competition. And I also think, obviously, Bron's going to be 39 years old in his 21st season. Anthony Davis has not had, what was I saying earlier in the show, since it's been about seven years, something like that, since AD's played a game of 75 games. So really a a season where he's played 65 plus, I think it's been seven years. It's going to be more those that I think are what derails the Lakers or what hinders them from making a deep playoff run. Um, but I think Darvin Ham's, you know, quotes right there of the actual what what makes him exciting about this upcoming season, I, I really actually agree with. So earlier today, I'm doing the show with uh, with Travis, and um, the NBA in season tournament, the schedule comes out, and I know there's a lot of people. First off, let me just kind of give uh, give people an idea of the in-season tournament. So everybody now knows this is something that the NBA commissioner, um, Adam Silver, has been working on for a while, kind of trying to get a European soccer in-tournament or in-season tournament. And we all have no idea how it's going to work out. Um, I think the way they're going to do it as well, so each of these teams are grouped. They're in a specific group. Lakers are in group D, and there's X amount of teams that are all a part of the group that the Lakers are in. And they they put out the schedule today. Here's the Lakers in-season tournament schedule. November 10th, they're at Phoenix. November 14th, they're hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. November 17th, they're at Portland. November 21st, they're uh, hosting the Utah Jazz. So two games on the road, two games at home. The teams in their group is Phoenix, Memphis, Portland, and the Utah Jazz. I'm going to spend a little time on this. I think it's kind of comical in a way, and I don't really know what all the hatred is towards this in-season tournament, but I feel like there are so many people that hate, hate the concept of this tournament. I've said this a couple of times now, and I said it earlier in the – when we had just kind of the, the, the news of this in-season tournament coming out and some of the details were coming out, um, I'm going to give the NBA the benefit of the doubt. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. This thing may flop. This thing may be an awful, awful idea. And I think a lot of people think that it's going to be. Um, but this is why I'm going to give the, the NBA the benefit of the doubt. Adam Silver is... So he's made a lot of really good decisions for the NBA. There are a few things that I can't stand. I can't stand how long the reviews take. Uh, that part is annoying. There are just usually too many things that I think kill the flow of a game. Listening to John and Michael, I mean, on the broadcast, there are so many times where they're both saying, are we really stopping for three minutes when it's, you know, 80 to 80, fourth quarter is about to start, there's a good flow to the game, and here we are, there's another whistle, now they're doing a review, Sakakis, blah, blah, blah for the replays. Um, but for the most part, I think the NBA has done a good job and Adam Silver has done a good job. I wasn't a fan of the playing tournament, but I wasn't a fan for a different reason. It's not that I wasn't going to watch it. I just don't like rewarding teams that are five games, six games, eight games below 500, still a chance to make the playoffs. 
But I think the NBA would tell you this thing is working, and it is, because I'm watching it, you're watching it. Hell, the Lakers had one of the playing games this year that the Minnesota Timberwolves went to overtime. I was really incredibly exciting. That's working. The in-tournament, the, the in-season tournament, it's confusing. I don't really fully understand what the purpose of it is, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I'm going to give it a shot because I think the NBA has done a good enough job creating a product that we're interested in. There's storylines. The players we're interested in. And I think at the end of the day, the, the main thing to keep in mind when it comes to this tournament is they count as regular season games. So it's not like you play 82 games a year and they're stopping 30 games in so they could do a eight-game tournament and then you go back and now it's 90 games that you're playing. The two teams that make it to the championship of this in-season tournament, they're going to play 83 games. They're going to play one more game than the rest of the NBA for this in-season tournament. Now, the incentives and all that stuff, they got to figure out the $500,000 for each player. Cool. I mean, that's great for the player. I know what the NBA is doing. The NBA is going to go get sponsorship rights for this in-season tournament. Maybe they might get one of these other networks. Maybe it's TNT, ESPN, or I think it's already on ESPN. But they're going to get one of these networks to pay extra just because it's this tournament. I get the revenue perspective of it. The biggest question it's going to come down to is, why does a consumer want to watch it? Why is that any different than any of the other games that you have going on there? And maybe the argument that the NBA is going to make is, were people going out of their way to watch games in early November other than myself? And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening to this show right now. You're real NBA fans. If you're listening to me in August talk Lakers basketball, you must be a real big NBA fan. They already got us. But I guess the only argument that I can make here is it's the regular season anyways. If it spices up some regular season games in November just a little bit, well, what's the harm in that? And I know a lot of people, it's almost like I feel like they want this thing to fail just to say, hey, I told you this thing is going to fail. I'm not telling you that it's going to be a hit. I'm just telling you, can we try it? I mean, who whoever said, how many people do you have out there in November where the NFL is about halfway through the season, a little bit half a little bit more than halfway through or really right at the halfway point? Uh, NFL is dominating. College football, you got these matchups, just unbelievable matchups. The SEC and uh, some of these other conferences, you got these big time schools, universities, they dominate the the fall. Um I don't think there's any harm in trying something, and if it flops, it flops. That's the one thing that I'll just say about the in-season tournament. I know the Lakers, they announced those games. I think I'm intrigued to just see how it works, and if it doesn't work, then it's all good. I think, you know, for the NBA, you can't bat – you. You can't go 10 for 10. You're going to have many at-bats where you're going to swing and miss, and I think that could be the potential possibility with the NBA as well. Okay, a couple NBA topics that I want to get into when we come back. First, I want to react to Pau Gasol uh, getting into the Hall of Fame. Love some of the stuff that he said specifically about uh, Kobe Bryant. And I think this James Harden, these are more of the NBA topics, this James Harden situation 
it's kind of an interesting situation with the Philadelphia 76ers. How many times do you hear somebody publicly saying, I don't trust my president of basketball operations. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Well, James Harden was doing it. I think that was uh, yesterday. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. All right, we only got a few minutes left in the show, so I want to uh, do this here real quick. For those who did not get a chance to hear it, Pau Gasol was inducted into the Hall of Fame this past weekend. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Tony Parker, Dwayne Wade, uh, a number of different players were a part of it. Um, And listen, it's Pau, and I I think every Laker fan understands this. The man is uh, just incredible, not just as a player, but as a human being, the way he presents himself, the way it's so genuine. Um, When he got his uh, jersey up in the uh, rafters earlier in the season last year, you know, John had said it, and it's funny when he said it, I had thought the same thing. I'm like, man, it's one of the coolest moments I've ever been a part of at any Lakers game. Um, and I've been at the station since 2009, so the entire time that we've had the Lakers broadcast, John, a much longer history than that. That tells you a, a ton of how cool that moment was. Take a listen to Pau Gasol talking um, specifically about Cope. The person who elevated my game like no other, who taught me what it took to win at the highest level, who showed me how hard you had to work and the mentality you needed to have in order to be the best, the commitment you had to make, what it meant and what it took to be a leader. Kobe. That night, that night I joined the team in D.C. and uh, I got to the hotel after midnight. You know, he was texting me, saying, hey, I want to come by your room. Uh, and I want to welcome you. I want to say hello. I want, to, I want to welcome you to the team. I said, you know, what? I mean, it's going to be late. It's going to be like past 1 a.m. You sure you don't want to wait for tomorrow? He said, no, no. I'm, it's not going to be too late. I'm coming. I'm coming over. I said, oh, okay. Sounds good. Uh, the team had a game next day at noon. So, all right. So he just wanted to make sure that right away, firsthand, I got the message. I said, welcome to the team. I'm happy you're here. Now let's go win a championship together. So I said, all right, I'm in, man. I'm in. Have a good night. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. It's, that was it. No, no, no crap. Straight, straight to the chase. I wouldn't be here without you, brother. I wish more than anything that you and Gigi were here today with us. I miss you and love you. That's Pal Gasol uh, talking about Kobe at his Hall of Fame speech. Um, great, great moment for Pau Gasol and his unbelievable career. Uh, love what this last year has been for uh, for Pau specifically, like I said, uh, getting his jersey up in the rafters as a Los Angeles Laker right next to the number eight exactly, or right next to the 24, which is exactly how it should be, and now uh, part of this uh, unbelievable class of a Hall of Famer. Uh, if you miss any part of the show, uh, just go on the podcast, ESPN LA podcast, Lakers talk channel right there. You can get the full show. Uh, Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mar Ruiz and Michael Funches. LA, have a great night.